what I think I'm realizing too is that just because you don't, if you if you have just one glass of wine, and you you do that, and then you go home and you go to bed, like yeah, there's no way it doesn't have to be that would happen for me. Well, I'm just saying, like I did, I did functionally do that Mm -hmm. for a while, and it's not it doesn't necessarily have to happen in the same day. It just wets your appetite, and there's this itch, and then eventually you will binge. Welcome to another episode of Al Anonymous. If you're enjoying Al Anonymous, the podcast, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com slash alanonymous. If you don't feel like paying for my otherwise free pod, it would mean a whole lot if you could subscribe, rate, and review Al Anonymous on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if that's too much for you, perhaps you can Tell all your friends how much you love the pod. Thanks, guys, and enjoy this episode. Welcome, listeners. Welcome back to Al Anonymous. This is Al, your host of Al Anonymous, the podcast. Today, tonight, this evening... I am sitting on a faux fur rug in a very indie art studio. Indie? Or what would you call this? It's hipster. Is it? It's like I feel happy fun hideaway, basically. Yeah. But it's cool. It's we're in your studio. It's cozy. It's nice. Today, this evening, I am sitting with my friend. Riley, and he's going to introduce himself right now. Hi, Al. Thank you for having me in your studio. It's my pleasure. It's Um, nice. Thanks. It's kind of hipster. What do you mean, though? Um, There's art all over the place because it's an art studio. And it's in Williamsburg. I know. I, I hate the fact that it's in Williamsburg. We love Williamsburg, though. Why? We met in Williamsburg. True, true. Uh, do you want to talk about how we met and where sure. we met? Um, I guess that'll, that's like a good I, jump off. I should off. introduce myself first. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get into what we're discussing today. Okay. Not sure of what that is yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, All right, do your thing. Yeah. Hi, Al. Um, I'm Riley Hooker. That's actually my it's actually last name. His last name. Yeah. Uh, never gets old, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't I'm, know that was your real last name. That's why I was yeah. like, not, that's why I didn't say your last name because oh. I was like, is this like a? It seems name? like a. It seems like a made-up last name. It does, but it's cool. But it's real. Yeah. Um, supposedly, <laughs> I'm like descended from this Civil War general. Hmm. Uh, Joseph Hooker. Was he, what side was he on? What team? The the bad side. Mm. Yeah, my family's from the south. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. It's interesting. There's there's things I like about it. Yeah, there was definitely some dark things. 
right. about it. But um, yeah, General Joseph Hooker was a Civil War general and like was posted in a really shitty place. Like everybody was dying and had gangrene uh-huh. and morale was super low. Gangrene. So he kept prostitutes around to like... Is this real? Yeah, to boost morale. Is this where the word hooker came from? Well, yeah, I mean... Or the term? There's, there's um, historical documentation of prostitutes being referred to as hookers that predate this. But I think that he... His, his actions uh, popularized it. So he kept pr- prostitutes around. He would keep hookers around. Yeah, he kept prostitutes around to like boost morale because everybody was like totally dying of gangrene and I'm sure it was mm-hmm. super depressing um, and they called them hookers girls and then eventually that just got shortened down to hookers so they say wow I've, um, that's that's cool that is a really cool, I guess. cool claim to fame coining a term that sticks around for however how when was the civil war like a hundred years ago? Yeah. Two hundred? A hundred? I think it I don't I'm bad at math. Yeah, same. How long has this been a country for? Three three hundred years. It's so new. Yeah. That's yeah. that's only that's like three generations. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, I I saw an infographic that measured time in units of Barbara Walters, who's like about 90. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the U.S. was just over three Barbara Walters old. That's so young. <laughs> I know. That's so young. There are turtles who are older than that. That are living? Yeah, they're immortal. I didn't realize that. They... Lobsters too, yeah. Really? Yeah, immortal. They don't die. Like actually don't die? Or like unless we kill them and eat them. They would just they would just continue living unless forever outside really? They're so wise. This might be fake news. Well, let's choose to believe it. I yeah the duration of this podcast. They the thing is they live mad long. And this country, the United States of America has not been around very long is no. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And also it's cruel to eat lobsters or turtles or turtles. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we went over the origin of your last name. Correct. And we wanted to talk about where we met. Right. At the KB. That is the Kava bar. Which is why we're in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I started going there alone mm-hmm. and mostly just like on my lunch breaks or whatever, if I just need to like go for a walk or get a little boost. From your studio. From my studio. Where we are right where now. Where we are now, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and... Yeah, I, this is the story of how I've met several groups of friends where I just like hang out at a bar by myself <laughs> and get to know the bartender and then eventually some of the regulars. But but this is kind of different because it's not an alcohol bar. Right, yeah. This is the newer 
that's the new chapter mm-hmm. in my Oh, yeah. So go story. on. I, I'll let you t- let your own story unfold. So <laughs> no more interruptions um, from the peanut gallery. So, yeah, we met at the KB, um, where I've started to frequent since, I don't know, the last six months, I guess. But more in the last three months. That's about Which when is we about, met, right? That's about when we met. Sorry if I if we're enabling each other at the KB. <laughs> I mean, it's still better than being wasted. One hundo. Yeah, yeah. My um, sobriety, my journey. Th- yeah. Through sobriety started about three months ago. Um, really. Yeah, yeah. To like actually do it as a thing. Um, Wow, I didn't... Yeah, go on. Um, Yeah, I... It started when I woke up at 4 p.m. on Borna's couch. After... Borna. You will never hear this podcast. A wild night of partying and excessive drinking and shitty cocaine... And just like, you know, the usual. Uh huh. I don't think the shitty cocaine belonged to anybody that we know. Definitely so. not. Yeah. Yeah. Let's... Those are faceless people that. Mm-hmm. Don't I just wanted to factor in. Uh, get Borna off the hook. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Borna, but he doesn't. Borna doesn't do. He doesn't. That. But that's not really for us to discuss. No. But he, if he did, he would never get shitty cocaine. That is right. for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. It would be top shelf. Well, okay. Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> you can continue. Um, yeah, I woke up at like 4 p.m. on Borna's couch, and I had no idea how I got there. Mm-hmm. And you know like that type of hangover where you're just like, I'm never drinking again. Yep. It was the last time that I had that thought (laughs) and then actually did it, I guess. Wow. Um, Yeah, because it was just like, wow, that would have been a really fun night at the point that I stopped remembering it (laughs) if I had called it there. Yeah. You know, but it just kept going and going and, you know, lost an entire day. Yeah. Uh, and part of the night that you couldn't remember. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this and was three months ago? About, yeah. So you were going to the KB before you quit drink or Yeah. What is yeah. what do you, when you say sobri- your sobriety, what does that entail? Because it's different for everybody, yeah. you know. It's still evolving for me. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it should. I try not to organize my life in terms of like either or. Mm-hmm decisions i find that like rigidity invites resistance wow um and that's just not realistic it's not tenable for me yeah i do 100% know that my relationship to drinking was really toxic and needed to change mm-hmm. so there was a period of two solid months where I did not drink a drop. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that for you? How did, how are you feeling? Well, so the, you know, 
it's funny because like the pretty much the day I started doing it, I ended up at a party at my friend Henry's backyard. And there was this girl there who I sort of knew from a long time ago. And I remember being like, whoa, she's kind of a mess. <sighs> and I didn't realize that I was talking to that same person because she had really done a 180. Mm-hmm. And she's like deep into her like sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, and she introduced me to the idea of like the pink cloud. Oh, yes. Which I was fully writing. Oh, yes. And... Um, God, that pink cloud. That fucking pink cloud. Yeah. Wow. I am chasing that dragon. No, I, pink cloud comes and goes. Yeah. This well, podcast gives me a little pink cloudy feeling. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to... Wait. To the listeners who don't know what the pink cloud is, Riley, how would you describe the pink cloud? Um, well, it was described to me as like, if you're constantly loading your body with like toxic shit, like alcohol or drugs, um, and then suddenly stop, your body gets confused and like counteracts that or responds to that by kind of flooding you with like endorphins and Mm -hmm. chemicals that help to stabilize your mood or whatever. Um, but basically you just feel really good. Yeah. I was, it's, it's physical as well. Like your body is doing a thing and it's regenerating but it's also when you rid yourself of or for me my pink cloud had a lot to do with ridding myself of um addiction behaviors and mm-hmm. like a mindset my whole mindset kind of changed yeah so mentally i felt like i was so much better than everyone too so that <laughs> that set me high on that pink cloud the pink cloud the the like ethereal high ground yeah yeah right you know it yeah um yeah but also your body really does it does a thing where it releases mm -hmm. endorphins for the first time i would say for for like a a good month and a half Mm -hmm. all of the problems that i thought i had sort of melted away Mm um yeah you know and then they slowly started to come back and in full focus too. Yeah. I imagine. In in a, a with a new kind of sharpness. Yeah. You know, it's uh-huh. like it's like, you know, Blu-ray DVD video, like um or whatever that is. Heard of it. Never saw it. Yeah, same. But you know, it's like like one time I don't have a TV, so one time I like hooked up with this guy and he had one of these like giant super high definition TVs and and not having a TV makes you better than others too. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a different kind of high ground. Yeah. But that's just being a snob. Yeah. But um, I don't have a TV. Yeah. Okay. So keep going. Yeah. Razor sharp focus on Mm -hmm. the sort of like problems as they started to enter back into the scene. Um, more detail than, you know, you really want. Yeah. Uh, although I, at that, time I felt really open to just inviting it back in Uh because I, I like, I like analysis. I like, I like, um, situations that attempt to like explain what's going on or, you know, like science or I think this is why I'm drawn to like design, um, Mm. because it's an attempt to like add order to the 
chaos of the world, which is right. its neutral state. I guess that's what design is. Wow. I have it's a, never no, thought it's, of it it's, like that. No, it's an act of deception. It's creating order to help soothe the mind, which is always at odds with the fact that like chaos reigns. Yeah. You know? It does. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, I like thinking about that. Yeah. It took me a long time to understand it that way. Um, but I had lost interest in it completely. But when I started to understand it as like this language of deception, it became more interesting to me again. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so two months, mm -hmm. I was fully sober. Well, free of alcohol. I was dabbling right. in like other things. But, but that was your... Alcohol is the thing that was really mm -hmm. holding me back. Well, on one hand, it was a problem. On the other hand, you know, I just, I, I, <clears throat> I started to forgive myself, mm. um, you know, for the destructiveness of it because I realized, and I had, I had realized this pr previously too, but you know, it was self-medicating. Mm -hmm. I was drinking excessively because it, it made it made me feel better. Mm -hmm. um, and without getting too into the weeds, like, you know, my mental health journey uh, happening, you know, in a parallel, happening in parallel to this, um, you know, I, I started to understand that like one of the, one of the things that I'm working through is that like, I was raised in a very emotionally austere household um, by a couple of Texas Republicans. That's that's like laying the groundwork. Mm -hmm. um, My parents are Republicans too. Yeah, that's a whole mm -hmm. thing. It is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was a very like emotionally vibrant child mm -hmm. and they just didn't know what to do with that. They had no idea. And so I think that I think that they were scared of me. Wow. I think that it pointed to their own like shortcomings. Um, oh. And so it was this like sort of tapestry of like silencing and and, you know, doing whatever they could to like make it go away. Right. And so suppression or repression, I guess. Mm -hmm. was a was like a a language that I had to learn pretty early on and yeah. it, and it I learned it so well that I no longer consciously recognized it I guess what was that I don't know what that was um I just feel like fully embodied it and you know started not started uh my emotions were kind of this like separate thing that, you know, like I, I experienced them like as though I'm floating outside of my body, looking at someone who has emotions. It just became this wow. like very um, disembodied thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get it. Just detaching yourself from. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like getting really drunk, like getting wasted would allow me to suddenly 
be in touch with that. You know, like it, it wasn't, it was no longer this, like I could, I could just like access that really easily. You can become emotional. Yeah. 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 Like freely and, and wildly. Mm-hmm. And that felt really good. Yeah. Um, that felt like restorative and reparative. Uh-huh. It's just like, unfortunately came at the price of like yeah. so many other stabilizing factors, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so once I made that connection, I was like, okay, I can forgive myself for being, you know, wasted mm-hmm. all the time. Because you're yourself. Right. Cause I, cause like, well, no, I was like, that wasn't, that was a good instinct mm, in right. a way, uh-huh. even though it had a destructive. It's part of your training. Means. Yeah. It was a good instinct. Cause I was trying to like re rediscover something, mm-hmm. get in touch with something that I had unfortunately learned to, yeah. you know, I uh, you are push away. Good with the analysis. <laughs> I'll say it's cool. Um but yeah, that was a turning point for me. Uh-huh. Where I was like, "Oh, no, I was reaching towards something really positive." Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. It's a lot. not it's not just that I was a spiraling destitute person. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I would drink socially and I always kept it together. Mm-hmm. Um as far as I know. Um but then when I got home after a party or after casual drinks with friends, mm-hmm. I would just drink alone yep. in my bed yeah, uh, and cry. Yeah. Um, not always cry, but sometimes I would like, you know, and I would, I would like drink like three White Claws mm-hmm. in 30 minutes mm-hmm. and just like fucking play Fiona Apple or whatever. And yeah. you know what I mean? It would, it, it's like this ritual of trying. Oh, of, total of, ritual. Of making the emotions work. Wow. You know? Yeah. For me, not to make it all about me, but I felt like alcohol was suppressing or repressing emotions and that it, I would just like soak all of my problems. I just like pour vodka over all of my emotions so I didn't have to deal with them. Mm. So then like with alcohol, I didn't have to think about what makes me such a broken person. And I mean, obviously it just (laughs) spiraled and just, it was a cycle of destroying myself, Mm. but. So we were working at opposite ends yeah of the yeah coin but when i would allow myself to feel emotions which is not something i was raised to do or it's mm. not something i like to do i it's it's like a, i see it as a weakness um mm. and i'm starting i'm trying to get over that but when i whenever I would like allow myself to just like openly sob while wasted, I would just be so ashamed of it. I don't know. I don't don't know why I feel like expressing emotion is so shameful. Deeply shameful. Same. Yeah. 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 Um, It must be the Republican parents. I think so. Definitely. That's like a parent problem. Yeah. Or something. But I think it's also just like a really integral part of like the deep, dark North American psyche. Yeah. Is this language of repression Mm -hmm. and just kind of, I mean, me too. I like, 
I was raised in a, you know, really working class environment. There was not a lot of resources and um, work. The idea of work, hard work, yeah, was king. Yep, most important. Yeah. Yep. And as long as you were working hard, everything else was sort of okay. Yeah. Um, which, like, obviously, that is the isn't... mentality of the like general population of this of this country. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. and so that was another like important. As long as you can keep working, yeah, it doesn't matter like what you do in your downtime right. or how you're feeling. Just like yeah. produce, yeah. be productive, yeah, work. Um, and so you know, my path. <laughs> it sounds so corny. My path of I sobriety. love all of the terms. Yeah, your um, journey. You know the way that I'm starting to sort of rebel against this like poisonous, toxic drive to be productive um, is I've become really obsessed with the idea of like being receptive mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe, maybe people are more receptive in nature than they are productive. And the most productive thing that you can do is to become open and allow yourself to be receptive. And I've been thinking about Damn. this as this kind of like, That's good, as, as this like form of like, emotion um intellectual bottoming uh -huh, <laughs> hyper hyper uh -huh. hyper receptivity <laughs> or, or whatever um i think that we should title this episode that. intellectual bottoming yeah it's tight i like that me too <laughs> um and so i think that's kind of you know i was a very rebellious wild child and like i in, think as an adolescent or as a yeah no super tumultuous and uh -huh. just very anti yeah, yeah. which you know, partially was just like trying to feel okay and partially something that's just maybe part of my personality or whatever. I don't know. So yeah, rebelling against this kind of drive to be a certain type of like emotionally austere, productive person yeah. has been being, yeah, a hipster. <laughs> I hate that you keep saying <laughs> Sorry. That. Sorry. Oh, God. But... I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. We are, yeah. We're in Williamsburg. Yeah. And you're, art, you're an artist. Trage. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I really like the idea of receiving being the most productive. It's, it's kind of like how I'm trying to teach myself how to be empathetic and be a better listener than a, than a talker. I guess you know. a podcast is good for that. Yeah, but... Unless you just talk the whole time. I, I have an interrupting problem. I do too, so bad. My listeners have said mm. to people in the, on Twitter. No, not in the comments, but sound off in the comments, aka my iTunes, the I, Al Anonymous podcast on iTunes, because it's really important to get a lot of reviews because that's what makes the podcast show up when you in the apple thing mm. actually i've i wish i could just like pay a lot of money for it to show up anywhere everywhere you probably can i know i don't have a lot of money though but i do have sad all these lovely listeners oh. where were we <clears throat> 
intellectual bottoming. Mm, yes. Receiving, being receiving. the receiver. Yeah. I mean, because like we don't actually know that our thoughts originate in our mind. Whoa. We don't actually know that. Um, oh, it's, man. It's entirely possible that they <laughs> come from somewhere else. And you want to be open and available for that material to flow through. Um, I'm getting kind of esoteric. Here. No, I like um, it. It's far out. It's cool. The mo- we're we're uh, exercising our brains. Yeah. Well, I am. This is it's tough for me to grasp like abstract concepts. I think I'm um, I'm not very I'm not an intellectual at all. Yeah, I I don't think I wouldn't. Thank you. Yeah. I don't, I, no, no, I'm saying I, I'm not either at all. Actually, today. Glenn, he sent uh, me a photo of himself and he was like, do I look like Frankenstein? And I was like, first of all, Frankenstein was the scientist, not the monster. Ooh. And secondly, no. And I was like, I've always wanted to call or I've always wanted to say that as an intellectual. (laughs) It was the first time I was given the opportunity, but it's such a thing. But you're very literary. No, I've just read the cliff's notes i don't know shit about literature you should read uh cliff's notes i did it once yeah or the wikipedia yeah that's, that's how it. i watch movies every movie On wikipedia oh yes that's how i watch them huh i watched uh what was it not a clockwork orange the one where the guys break into the couple's house in the woods and then oh the inter- they turn they turn the TV, like there's a happy ending and then they turn the TV off and then it's, it's, it's a fucked up ending. He breaks the fourth wall. It's like intruders. The interrupters. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's funny. We were just talking about how we interrupt each other listeners behind the scenes. No, it was like strangers. I, I don't know. I don't think but I've, but I watched it on Wikipedia. Whatever. This is so... And by watched it, you mean you read the Wikipedia I read the Wikipedia. Yeah. That's how I, I read movies. So I guess I am literary. Sometimes it, instead of... Um, I, I hate reading. I love information, but mm. I'm just like severely dyslexic. So if mm. I'm going to read something, I have to really commit yeah. a lot of time. Or and, just be super effort. interested. Right. Yeah. Um. And I realized about a year ago that instead of reading a book by like a theorist or someone who like writes in a way that is really annoying, mm-hmm. alienating, you can, you can watch annoying. their lectures on YouTube mm-hmm. and it's way better. Yeah. Like Donna Haraway. Yeah. The thing like, with writing is that I love Donna Haraway. Same. Yeah. Oh my God. But I, I cannot know. read... <laughs> Her books, they're way too long. Yeah. Well, yeah, the thing with anything written is that it's heavily edited. It's not just like from the dome the way, a lect- well, a lecture, there's preparation, of course, but it's not, yeah, there's no editing. So there, there are less pretty sentences, you know, right. or like complicated sentences. Sentences. I find it easier to, I do audiobooks. Mm. which is like reading with your eyes closed. Yeah. 
because that's, you know, I look at, I look at stuff all day, all the time when I'm awake. So it's nice to be able to consume something with the ears. Do you retain it? Yeah. Oh. I do. I think that my... More so than like me rereading the same sentence over and over again when I'm like in public or something like here I am with a book. Right. You know, (laughs) but there is a special reading is hard. It's hard. It's time consuming. (laughs) I love books. I mean, I'm a book designer. They look look really nice. Maker. And if you have books in your house on a bookshelf. Um, yeah. Great, (laughs) great decor. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Love the colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just got a new bookshelf and my mom told me that I should make all the books fa- with the spine facing in. So it was just the pages facing out. So they oh. would all be the same color and white. And I was like, I do like that idea, but I also really like locating my books. You know what I like hate? Knowing, I don't. I don't even know. I guess I, I know where all the books are on the bookshelf anyway. I hate it when people organize the bookshelf chromatically. I think that's oh, like yeah, by color. one that's that's one of the most yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like, what chromatically sorry, means. Like, it's categories, organizing <laughs> principles. Um it, that's like no, that's not insane. only not only the number one douchiest possible way <laughs> mm-hmm. to organize your books, but also just psychotic. It's weird. And yeah. Like, I I love genre and I like I organize my books by authors who would like hang out with each other, probably. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're like, you're like a fan girl. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who my authors would or wouldn't. Sometimes I might know. You can, you can tell. Sometimes you kind of know. Lots of cool, cool girls on my bookshelf. Yeah. I have a lot of cool girls on my <laughs> bookshelf too. But let's get back to talking about. Back to the shits. Your journey. Yeah. Sobriety. <clears throat> Trade on um, alcohol, drugs, mental, just, all the things. Yeah, I just remembered that I, I should like backtrack a little bit because yeah, I would say that my let's go current um, healing slash sobriety journey kind of started in December. Mm-hmm. I was in Miami looking after a friend who had just gotten a really intense surgery. She got her, she got her butt done. <laughs> she got a Brazilian butt lift. Wow. And I was like her recovery doula. Wow. Um, and that was really intense. I've never seen someone in so much pain in my life. Real? Wait, what is a you don't, you butt don't, lift and entail? What, what um, do they do? You, you gain weight and then they take the fat out of the places that you gain it and they put it into your ass. It's, it's like hardcore. Wow. Anytime you see a girl with, a fake ass like she's a fucking warrior wow respect respect yeah yeah i didn't know that's how that worked wow plastic surgeons are we still calling them plastic surgeons i I feel like that's a dated well i think plastic is better than cosmetic Mm, true 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 right yeah that's more insulting what did i say the other day where i was like oh i bet that's not oh unisex Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we use that anymore. I don't know. Unisex. There's like no shortage of terms for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we'll, we're not getting into that. Yeah, today. let's let's stray away. From uh, that. Okay, but I was helping my friend recovery from this recover from this really intense uh-huh. body horror situation. Yeah, and um, truly, you know, I had been sequestered into my Bushwick home for the last year. Everybody's was going through it. I sort of. I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, halfway through the deep lockdown and being like, I think I'm fine. Everybody else seems like they're freaking out, but I think I'm fine. I went through What's that up too. With that? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I do that thing where I just like make myself really available to my friends who are going through crises. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of avoid my own crisis mm-hmm. <laughs> management yeah. by doing that. Um, so I was in Miami, my best friend from high school who I did lots of psychedelics with and is a, like a dear friend actually like became a healer, full on healer stud, you know, she's an kind of healer. She's an acupuncturist and she, no, no, no. Oh no, sorry. Sorry. That's Um, where she started. Right. And studied traditional Chinese medicine, does acupuncture, cupping, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But also, um, she got really into plant medicine and mm. she traveled with Peruvian shamans for Sweet. like two years doing ceremonies, um, which I mean, what I've talked about hipsters, no. like this is like, the, <laughs> you know, like, and she's like this. Well, that's like <clears throat> the Ram Dass story. I, like, don't, I don't know the story. But Ram Dass was like this talk about them rich all the time. guy who went to Harvard and then went to India and then. Oh, right. I know of him people always bring him up people love him anyway yeah that's not really her story exactly yeah sorry i don't but even not ram das i'm gonna i'm gonna but sit a healer. down a healer so she's a yes. healer and she's fully committed to this way of life mm-hmm. and is very experienced with a, a a number of different types of plant medicine acupuncture energy healing um and so I did a couple of psychedelic ceremonies while I was there. Sweet. One yeah. of them, mm. like I did ayahuasca with her some years ago. That was, was it your first time doing ayahuasca? First and only time. Totally fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, but my therapist told me, I didn't tell him I was doing it. And I came back and he was like, kind of stopped me halfway through. And he was like, what happened to you? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, the things you're saying, it's like, these are conclusions that take like five years of therapy. Wow. And, and I was like, oh my God, really? Sign well, me up. And I was like, well, I did this thing. <laughs> he didn't know about it. Um, he didn't know about it? No, he was like a 80 year old, yeah. five foot tall gay Jewish man uh-huh. Cute. who lived in Manhattan his whole life. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. So this is like a very long winded story. No, no, I really, I like the anyway, speeding so up the, the healing process. I had, I had done that like many years ago after a breakup and like major life change, whatever, mm-hmm. um, was fucking terrifying, but was, you know, therapeutic as hell. Yeah. Um, th- so this same healer friend who brought me to that ceremony, uh, lives in Miami and I did, Wait, is this Brazilian butt lift or different? Brazilian butt lift is who I was caring for got while it. there. Okay. Healer already lived there. Got it, got it. Okay. Right? 
healer best friend from high school Alyssa. we can use her name okay um sorry for calling your friend brazilian butt left no bbl bbl um is that what bbl stands for when mm -hmm. people say bbl yeah wow i never knew that now you know thank you riley the more you know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah so i did one ceremony that was like sassafras root Oh, I've heard of that. They call them heart openers. I I find that cringe. I like it. <laughs> but that's actually what it did. Yeah. Um, so you take that and then later on you take a very potent dose of mushrooms. Uh-huh. And yeah, like I said, like ayahuasca was terrifying. But this, I think it hit me almost as hard. But because I had the sassafras, it just kind of like floods you with self-love. Oh, wow. And so the fear. So that part wasn't wasn't there. wasn't or debilitating. Was and it was actually just like this incredible experience that was at times really dark, but it wasn't totally saturated with fear like uh-huh. my other experience with ayahuasca. Wow. And I so I, your first, so ayahuasca like scared you straight. It was as I say, it was know? absolute and total fear. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. And, and this one was of love, heart yeah, opener. Yeah. And just like that sounds scary too, to be honest. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It was great. It was really intense. Wow. But I wasn't. What did like, you learn from that one? Besides, aside from loving yourself, or did you learn? To love yourself then? Or did you already love yourself? Or I learned... What's up with your I mean, self-love situation? It's... um, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> sometimes, not always. I, I guess I'm, I'm starting to learn to do that. Yeah, it's hard. It is, yeah. Um, I would say in that experience, I, I decided to forgive mm. the people that that made me this way yeah um you know who i had who i had a lot of like anger and resentment towards i was able to understand that they are also you know going through a process and i was able Mm -hmm, to like mm -hmm. forgive them which was an important step and this was during your heart opener I think that was the reflections afterwards Uh during during that ceremony it was just like a lot of um it was a fucking wild. Actually. Did you cry? Maybe a little. Maybe a little. I've never, I've never done any of these. The uh, craziest thing. Yeah, I mean, psychedelic. Yeah, it was wild. I could go into it. It would take a long time, but it was part. That was a very healing experience. And then I also did this thing called combo, mm. which is a secretion from the back of an Amazonian tree frog. Oh, the frog and DMT. It's not the DMT it's one. Not the DMT. This wasn't psychedelic. Another, oh. This wasn't psychedelic. Well, it's it actually like poisons you and you It's combo? Combo. Combo, oh. combo, whatever. Okay. Um it's the one where you would just like vomit for 15 minutes. But it like so I, I had Should to be. fast the night before. So it's, and then you drink like three liters of water and you know, the, the belief behind it is that it like 
it's like an ultra detoxifier like, like an exorcism yeah totally <laughs> and the, the spiritual belief behind it is like it can remove like energetic blockages generational trauma um shit like that what did it work <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what i mean with the, with this shit so you i'm drank with this poison. shit i'm like i don't i'm not committed to a certain belief mm-hmm. um i take it as it's given to me and i'm more than happy to like you have contra contradicting thoughts about right things. right you know that's that's cool with me so um, this isn't something that you sought out it's not like you're like i will do anything to to keep going on this path this journey just, of self-discovery it just and was analysis presented to me and i i decided to do it and my mm. friend Alyssa is like very passionate about that particular medicine and I that thought, one especially and i thought that it would be a great person Combo. to do that with Combo. um but yeah, I mean, it just like slowly moves through your body. You vomit like crazy. Um, and it's supposedly like repairs DNA and like pulls all the toxin, not all, but like pulls many toxins out of your body. And you feel it moving through your body too. Um, <laughs> it's kind of making me feel nauseous. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I mean, that was the most nauseous. Anyway, I did that. Yeah, I can imagine. I did that. You know, you're supposed to like set intentions or whatever. Oh, that's so um, important. I was yeah. telling Emily, Emily, I was I was doing my whole preachy set intentions thing to her last night. Probably overwhelmed her. Oh, really? Yeah, I was preaching. But it's so important to do things with intention because otherwise is, you're just yeah. going through the motions. But you know? know what? Sometimes it's hard to figure out what your intention. That's the hardest thing for me is to figure out the intention. Yeah. I, which, I mean, it's, I, I don't back. do everything with intention. Right. I, it's mad you know, hard like, to be mindful of everything that whenever you're Whenever I'm doing like spiritual shit or whatever, where you have to set an intention, that stresses me out yeah. so much. Because back to like said problem before, repression, uh-huh. I don't always know yeah. Yeah. what I need. Uh-huh. It's difficult to vocalize that. That's, it's difficult to conceive of that's that. That's major. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, and that's the problem. Yeah. Like when, when my dad or anyone else asked me why I'm depressed, it's like, I don't I, fucking know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what would make me feel better. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not it's like, it, but it's also like the problem solution sort of thing. Obsession is, is also like. I find kind of fraught. Like most problems don't actually have solutions. You know, it's like there's maybe workarounds or there's like better thans, but. Or there, I guess there's just understanding. Yeah. And I think like acknowledging, acknowledging. that something is a problem uh-huh. is oftentimes the, like. The best you can get. Yeah. 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 Okay. And to just be okay with that is another thing. But, um, I lost my train of thought. I, I like this train that we're on right now. Cool. All aboard. Yeah. Sorry. So um, the intention that I set was, yeah, back to like Texas Republican uh-huh. family. Um, I felt like I needed to like expel the sort of damage that masculinity, the expectations of masculinity the expectations of like the category of like 
male or being a man had done to me. I felt like that was a, a form of violence that had really been wow. forced down my throat. And had I had a choice, I wouldn't have taken that path. And so, you know, oh, but so it was, sad. it was a I'm process sorry, of like forgiving. That's okay. I, I've never heard someone say that before. Oh, wow. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm fully understanding it. And that's mm. hard. I've never empathized. I've never mm. really thought about what that would be like. That's, fucked up it is it is and um so you know for me it was just about like so the you know the heart opener whatever Mm -hmm. um that was about forgiving the perpetrators and then and then the bomb Mm -hmm. was about expelling that damage from my mind and body and whether or not that worked I don't fucking know. I eventually, I eventually felt better. I, I, maybe it's because you set the intention and by doing that, you acknowledged it. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe like the act of like puking your guts out is like so physically memorable. You know, they say body keeps the score. (laughs) Right. That, Another, that's very Williamsburg. <laughs> it is. Um, but maybe you, you equate that major intention with the yeah. feeling of, you know, the sickest you've ever felt. Or well, and another, I don't know. I'm just trying. This is another like pseudoscience. Detail, Al brain. That's, I'm, we're, we love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, another detail is that I hate, hate, hate vomiting. Hmm. And now that we're talking about it, it's probably, it could be related to the, the repression and the holding in. Uh, um, that's wow. just like having been fully embodied. Right. And so the vomiting was the hardest part. And, you know, she kept saying like, all you have to do is breathe, drink water and purge. Wow. And she, but it's kind I, of beautiful. She made it sound so easy. Yeah. And I think then I felt like a receptacle that things that like, I felt like something was being passed through me. Mm-hmm. And I think that this idea of like <laughs> intellectual bottoming or uh-huh. like, or being as receptive as possible. I, I think that just feels like a healing and therapeutic sort of, feeling i really really like that and so for me like it was really hard to vomit i had to keep like sticking my fingers like way down my throat Mm -hmm. and it's just water that comes out Mm -hmm. you know it's not gnarly it's actually very beautiful you know and it's mm -mm. it did change viscosity and color at certain times depending on what part of your body it was purging wow yeah um that is fascinating i wonder if there are youtube videos of that online totally i gotta watch this 100 percent. um combo and like i didn't know this because i was busy puking my guts out mm-hmm. but i had i had been in like an accident um prior to that and i fell on my arm and somehow didn't break it but like 
all but broke it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, my finger and my knuckles were still, they didn't feel like they got fully repaired. And she didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. But she told me afterwards that my, my, my finger and my knuckle, like basically where it was still in, like hurting, she said that turned black. What? And like a line up my arm from that area turned black. Oh my God, magic. I, yeah, it's something. <laughs> this frog. The fucking frog. Whole, I think it, they may be immortal also, to be honest with you. They might as well be. Yeah. It was really cute because the meditation that she did leading into the experience, like while the, while the medicine was hitting my body, I started to feel like I was vibrating and your heart rate goes up and you get really hot. And um, she, the visual she gave me is like, it was like, imagine the frog and then like the frog holds your hand and you walk together. Cute. And just like imagine. Frog and, and I'll, toad I'll show friends. you the picture of the frog. They're really cool looking, but just mm-hmm. a, imagining that frog walking on two legs, <laughs> yeah. you know, holding like my inner child's hand Yeah, Aww. was a pretty incredible I mean, it's so corny when it's you very say sweet. it on I re- a podcast. I really like it. Yeah, but it was like just ridiculous enough to like take me out of the visceral uh, the discomfort. F- right. Wow. Um, Your friend sounds really cool. She's, she's fucking cool. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I the like real that. Deal. It's, re- it's, it's not a drug. It's just like me- you're making yourself sick. But it, it, it comes from a it's beautiful. It's from a frog and mm-hmm. it's a whole ceremony. The whole, it's a whole thing, you know? Yeah. I, well, it's cool. Does it, it get psychedelic though? When no, no, it just, but you're puking. It's, there's some, there's an altered state. Um, you know, like when you're really sick and delirious or like, I don't know when your body kind of is at these extremes, I think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just like a different chemical cocktail in your brain. Right. I don't, I don't know. Or like when you, when you get so, so hot, like temperature wise, your body, you start to feel cold or something. Yeah. That's been happening to me a lot Mm. recently. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. It sounds, I should probably like sleep or drink water. That's usually the problem, right? Yeah. I, oh, we were going to talk about sleeping and insomnia. Oh, I don't we, know if we'll get there. Anyway. We both suffer from insomnia and it sucks ass. And yeah. for me, my drinking had a lot to do with that. I don't know. My, I convinced myself that I was drinking alone <laughs> because I needed to sleep and it was helping me sleep. It yeah. was actually keeping it was me keep, up. I would be up all night doing dumb ass up. shit. Yeah. Embarrassing myself. Yeah on the internet and like oh, no. in front of my like texts and mm. just, ugh. I, I, uh, I hate the feeling of embarrassment so much. Shame. Oh, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like I'd rather feel angry or disappoint. Oh, disappointed is bad, but embarrassed. No, bad, I'd yeah. rather feel disappoint well i feel like with disappointment there's an element of embarrassment i would rather because you've got your hopes up you know and sure and you feel embarrassed for doing so yeah pain uh shame is like oh uh, yeah the absolute worst for me and it's i 
just experienced so much of it in my life. Um, <laughs> poor me, but um, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I, I would rather feel physical pain than shame. Me too. I would opt for that any day. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> maybe we should cut that part out. No, but, um, it's cool. I was gonna bring up self harm, mm. but you know, the funny thing about pain mm-hmm. or discomfort, I guess it's like the. M- it's almost like the more of it you have, the less you notice. Like you acclimate to it, you know? Yeah, wow. That's, um, you are really just full of them, full of these little <laughs> profound quips this evening. Well, we're talking about stuff I've been thinking a lot about. Pain. Yeah, pain management, whatever. But yeah, you don't think about pain because you get used to it. Yeah, well, because when we were talking about shame... I just, I just only recently realized like how much shame I've experienced to the, to the degree that I just normalized it as like part of, you know, being awake or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, so it's like eventually it doesn't register as pain. It's just this thing that you accept. Right. And so the process of healing, you have to like first remember or acknowledge, acknowledge or, that it's there, admit to yourself yeah, that yeah. it's there, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with that. They, my, my like mental health journey is I've recently acknowledged that I'm a really damaged person. Yeah. Um, and we all are. And that's okay. Uh Um, But, you know, this sort of like working class upbringing of the, of the, like, you got this, you're fine. Uh What problem? Uh Sort of. Yeah. Never really led to acknowledging weakness or pain. um, Other than like the, the non embarrassing types and right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I, I recently acknowledged that I have endured a, a lot of pain and uh, for a very long time. And, and that's a and huge, huge thing. It is, yeah. But to, like, to come to find. The point that I'm at in my mental health journey mm-hmm. is acknowledging that I have been in a lot of pain and I've experienced a lot of shame and I actually didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't know. Like I had convinced myself otherwise very thoroughly. Uh huh. Um, and really focused on other people's problems. Yeah. Um, it made myself available and receptive to hearing about all of those things, but which led you to, to, you know, where you are now. Yeah. Just part of the journey. The journey is long because, you know, in the program in AA and NA and with the steps, <laughs> that's only the first step. Right. Yeah. I'm not very far along. But no, I mean, it doesn't go, you don't have to do them all in order. It seems like you're dabbling. I mean, in the program, it's very strict. Like you do this and then it's mm. one, two, three, four. Like, 
and you have to like do them well. I don't, I don't like things that have to happen in specific <sighs> orders. I, I do because I need to be told what to do because I, that's a whole other thing, but you've been working. It seems like the forgiveness is major, mm. but I guess that has to do with acknowledging. Yeah. You know? They go hand in hand. I mean, if if you're doing it right. Right. Something that they would say also in the program. Wow. If you're working the steps, then it's working. Or oh. I don't know. I haven't been to a meeting in a while, but there's a lot of... Have you been to a meeting before? Mm -mm. No. We should go to one together. Yeah, I guess. They're, I guess they're interesting. Should. Even but, if you don't get anything out of it. It's just, mm. I don't know. It's something to do. I also kind of just, I like these like weird, there's a, you know, I miss subcultures. I, it is, you know, as a child of the nineties, like I really miss subcultures. Mm -hmm. Um, and this kind of seems like a subculture a little Hipster. bit. What? I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like I, the sobers, the, the, the sobers, the yeah. sobers, uh, the cool sobers isn't even like smaller, uh, minuscule. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, most sober people are like... Lame, corny. So... Annoying. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and not fun. Yeah, right? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, and that... Yeah, meeting you at the KB, because a lot of alcoholics hang out, or recover people in recovery hang out at the Kratom Kava Bar. And though I've, I've met really special people there... It's, it's, uh, it's kind of rare, you know? Mm. I mean, I, uh, I feel like I'm talking shit, so it's just like, never mind. But yeah, we, we all know that sober people are boring, annoying, no fun, preachy, And we don't want to, we don't want to give that. Yeah. We're not giving that. We're, we're doing everything we can. Yeah. To, <laughs> to be, not give that. To be cool. I mean, maybe. And we, not embarrassing. Maybe we are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Time will tell. Well, well, maybe people in the comments will let us know. Yeah, sound off, everybody. Um, do you wanna? Do you wanna say one of your little quips? Do you have one to just throw out? I don't know if I have them like on demand. I, hmm. I def. I don't even. I don't have any at all. I yeah. It's <laughs> like they just. I can't even you know, think of. It's not like I, a sentence that is full. Yeah, those those are also rare. <laughs> yeah. Just as rare as cool sober people. Mhm. Mm well, but um I mean, do you what are your thoughts on like how hard of a line you draw like because you know, the first 2 months I was like not a drop and then I started to reintroduce light casual drinking in celebratory moments. If and you, it was okay until it wasn't. Yeah. And then I like, and then I, I guess what you would call relapsed. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Wasted. Is that if you have a drinking problem, then you can't casually drink. It's, yeah. for, I know for me, I, I can't. But have. I did, I did for a while. And then this really stressful thing happened and I just raged. And not only was I hung over, but I was like, Full of shame. Full of shame, both from the thing that set it off and having... Relapsed. Relapsed. Yeah. 
so it was just like a, a screaming chorus of like harpy bitches in my head <laughs> terrorizing me and it sucked uh -huh. it, it sucks i have tried to quit drinking many 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 times in my life and i guess it's been almost three years where it actually stuck and Good for you, Al. What, when I'm I honestly so impressive, I'm so. I, I tell myself that like it's fine. I can drink if I want to. Like I can have a glass of wine. No one's gonna stop me, you know. But I also know that I can't just have one glass of wine because I love drinking and I want to keep going until. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know how to stop. That's the whole right. thing. What I think I'm realizing too is that just because you don't. If you, if you have just one glass of wine and you you do that and then you go home and you go to bed, like yeah, there's it doesn't, no way it doesn't have to be that well, <laughs> would no, happen but, for me. I just, well, I'm just saying like <laughs> I did, I did functionally do that mm -hmm. for a while and it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to happen in the same day. It just wets your appetite and there's this itch <sighs> and then eventually you will binge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For me, I, I would just like to avoid that altogether. Yeah. Because I, I know that I love, not the taste of alcohol, but I, I've got the taste for alcohol mm. uh, and being obliterated. The thing, so with psychedelics, with ayahuasca, do you, uh, when you, you know, take your dosage, do you feel the urge to keep going the way you would with alcohol? No, that's absolutely so, not. That's so cool. And that's something I want. Yeah. More people yeah. to, um, understand in terms uh, of, that's such a good point. Psychedelics actually. and yeah. Mm. Dosages. Yeah. You can control the dosages. Whereas with alcohol, I mean, one, one, two beers, three beers for, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to acknowledge hmm. that. Yeah. What's up with that? I'm, I'm going to, um, I need to investigate that. Yeah. We should talk to some psychonauts and see what's up with that. Some scientists. Do you know any? <laughs> I, I want nothing more than to meet a hot scientist. All right. We're going to end the pod now. I'm sorry, I forgot it was a sex negative podcast. Yeah, hot scientists are uh, rare. Sadly. Yeah, like cool sobers. Right. Maybe even rarer. All right, really, that is a wrap, Riley. And listeners, thank you for sticking with us. I hope you are able to receive... <laughs> Um, some some knowledge and grace from Riley Hooker. And I know you didn't really get much from me, but I I provided Riley for you people. So you have to put up with me. All right. Thanks everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Good good night, Riley. Good night, listeners. This has been another episode of Al Anonymous Intellectual Bottoming. <laughs> okay, good night and goodbye. Thank you. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Al Anonymous Patreon at patreon.com slash alanonymous. And if you don't feel like paying for my otherwise free podcast, perhaps you could subscribe, rate and review Al Anonymous on iTunes and all the other places that you get your podcast streaming. And finally, if you are technologically impaired, maybe you can just tell all of your friends how much you love this podcast, Al Anonymous and me, Al. Thank you. And I love you all.